This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Oh, this is just something I worked up. Uh, I'll do it for you. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Hello, I'm Jake and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast, the podcast where we take a play or film that has never been staged before or is never likely to be staged again and we talk about how we'd stage it. As always, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello, it's going to be a loose one. We're starting late. (laughs) We are starting late and I'm half a bottle of wine down, but that's fine (laughs) because this week we are joined by musical director and student at the Mount View Academy of the Theatre and Arts, etc, etc, Josh (laughs) Cattell. Hi, how are we doing? We're good. We're good. Okay, excellent. And this week we are, of course, focusing on a musical film that has never been staged before and to my knowledge there's only one of those, which is La La Land. It is indeed, it is indeed. Very exciting. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's a few more, um, but <laughs> this is the one uh, that we all thought of. Uh, it's a 2016 film uh, written and directed by Damien Chazelle. I mean, everyone must know La La Land. It made such a splash at the time and uh, even bigger uh, impact from the uh, Oscars slip up when it <laughs> nearly won Best Oscar over Moonlight. Um, but yeah, this is a, a, yeah, a musical that was written for film. We're slightly cheating on the prompt this week because uh, La La Land is set to be staged at some point. I was going to say, um, yeah, I've been hearing many rumours. Yeah, but they, what they've said is they wanted to leave it like about a decade uh but they they're also said that they, there's potential that they were going to bring the original cast back for whenever they stage it as well so i mean that wow. remains to be seen so i mean everything we say now, today i mean it might get yeah. used by them when they do end up staging it so Sorry, the, they want to stage it with a 50 year old ryan gosling yeah i know i mean it's <laughs> it's just not gonna happen but we'll see <laughs> um, i didn't know that i i know very little about the film i, I hadn't seen it before before this week what Um, pretty much the only thing i'd heard about it was that it was a bit racist in that it kind of puts white people in what should be a black story that yeah i I would i would say it's not racist but there is definitely a sense of cultural appropriation and a lack of self-acknowledgement of that cultural appropriation I would mm. say a hundred percent. You watch a section where it's set in the jazz club, <laughs> and every person around Ryan Gosling is black. Yeah, and he is the only white man in the room. Yeah, and you sort of think, mm, okay, fine. And well, and also it, when he's explaining the origins of jazz, he says it. You know, it was in a flop house in New Orleans, but he brushes over the fact that uh, slavery had anything to do with it. But you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's maybe oh, something well. that we can uh, tweak and fix as we go along. Yeah. <laughs> um, Josh, do you want to give us uh, a little rundown of the the plot of this film and what goes yeah. on? Yeah. So basically, it, it, the overall overarching themes are about whether um it's been between love and career is is the overarching idea uh you've got mia who is played by um oh, what's her name emma stone. emma stone emma stone um and she's an aspiring actress and you've got seb played by ryan gosling who is an aspiring jazz pianist and they're both working to get to, to where they want to be in their careers um they meet various times at different points at the start of the film 
never quite in the right way, but they're sort of flirting, but it never really hits it off. And then they eventually hit it off. Um, their careers both start to take off. And eventually, um, despite both their careers taking off, they sort of, they end up losing touch. Um, and the, 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 the film ends in, in a lovely way where, um, oh, do, do, you want to, do you want to mention the end of the film? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we're, we're yeah, an all yeah. spoilers podcast. Oh, okay. So the spoilers at the end of the film, they, they don't end up together. But there's a lovely moment uh, right at the end where there's an acknowledgement uh, that they've both got the careers that they want, but it doesn't matter that they're not together because they've both got probably what they wanted and they probably got happiness in their life. Basically, that, I, I would say that's how it sums yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. There's kind of a, a questioning of whether they would have been happier being together and doing that. And I think it's relatively ambiguous, but but they also both acknowledge that they're happy with where they are now. Um, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's fair to say. And it's that that the, it's a, an exploration of ambition, which is Damien Chazelle's film before this, Whiplash, is also that. Classic. One, one that we've great definitely film. got to do on the podcast another time, actually, thinking about yeah, it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, great, um, great film. Also starring, uh, you know who I oh, know. Oh, J.K. Simmons, yeah. You say you don't know much about this film. You know Miles Teller, who's in Whiplash, was meant to play Ryan yeah. Gosling's part in this. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That, that, yeah, I mean, he's younger. That's all yeah. I can say about that. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah, I don't know. I think that Ryan Gosling does a pretty good job. Oh, he does an excellent that, job. And the, the fact that he learned piano for this film and then plays the stuff that he does. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, look, we're, we're not a film criticism po- podcast, but I think my two main thoughts when I watched this was one, I don't believe them. Like I don't believe they're in love. Mm. Um, and that might just be me. And yeah. to the end is I like, I like the juxtaposition of like, do you choose your dreams or do you choose like someone you love or, and whatever. But I didn't, again, didn't believe that that was a binary. It seemed like, you know, she only went to Paris for six months. Yes. And just come back. So, I, I agree yeah. with you on that. And uh, when I first watched this, I absolutely loved this film. And, you know, I watched it in the cinema when it first came out and returning to it, I've returned to it twice now and both times I've been left a bit sort of cold from it. Um, I And as well, you messaged when you were watching it, Jake, the other day that you, you were saying like, actually like the, the dancing and the, well, the, I like the music, but the dancing and stuff isn't that great. The choreography isn't amazing. What's brilliant about this film is the choreography of the camera and, and the way the camera oh, is massively. moving and capturing yeah. what's happening yeah, on screen. So the challenge for those, us is yeah. is that we don't have a camera to choreograph, yeah. but we do have <laughs> actors to choreograph. So yeah, the um, camera yeah. and the production design are just incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's slightly easier. I think it would be a slightly easier show to pull off theatrically because you like the standard of dance and etc. would just would just be so much higher. Yes, I think actually the whole thing the whole thing would just be lifted. I think. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, absolutely. Massive. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, we've done a very bad <laughs> yeah, job. <of> course. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so as far as staging, then let's let's jump into it. What do we think as far as a kind of basic idea we're looking at here? Are we looking at a standard, you know, proscenium orchestra pit or what? I so so when I when I thought about this, I think this is big lavish musical territory, mm. Jobby. This is mm. this this is big scale. Um but I think the really interesting thing, because music is so integrated into how obviously the plot works, of how everything works about the whole how even how the whole film works, I think that it would have to be a, a big lavish musical but that has like actor musicians at the heart of it mm. i think is probably how it works yeah so you'd, you'd have like you'd have a you'd have an orchestra in the pit 
but you've also got a load of musicians on stage and so the whole thing is just about this creating this massive musical world yeah i completely agree the gosling part would have to be an actor musician um you know they'd have to be able to play piano uh the john legend part as well would have to be an actor musician uh he does he does a really solid job as well considering he's not done that much acting yeah you know i completely agree that you'd have to populate the stage with people that can play probably multiple instruments and can just use them at any point to drive the plot forward to make the most of every song um i i completely agree with that um and i think big proscenium space i mean this is you know, when this does get being put on, it's got to be Broadway or West End, right? Or both. Oh, it's it's going to be. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's think about those spaces. Let's think about how we can make the most of those spaces, I think. I think especially when you when you think about some of these massive dream sequences that they have. Mm. Like, it's, it's got to be big space, big big money. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all of that. Yeah, I'm thinking we're flying in huge bits of set. We're... You know, I'm thinking like several different uh, sites to like use different things. So like the LA skyline, uh, the the sort of like starry planetarium, uh, all of yeah. these things you can do with with sites or with some kind of projected screen at the back. Um, like all of that stuff is just going to be like huge. It's I mean set pieces. Yeah, it's yeah. set pieces. I mean the the film is taking cues from. Uh, stuff like uh, singing in the rain and things like that. So, yeah. so I think in bringing it on the stage, you have to take cues from the huge musicals that we've seen on stage. I mean, including singing in the rain, which has been brought onto the stage before as well. And, you, and and you're taking the same cues from those. So it's it is the bright colors, it's the big costume, it's the big set pieces, it's the large ensemble. Uh, and I think maybe that's what we can get into uh, is how can we bring the ensemble in more because there's very few actual big musical yeah, numbers in like- this film. Of course, the, the film is so much about Mia and Seb, like it is their story. And when I looked through today and looked at the cast list, beyond John Legend and occasionally like Mia's, Mia's ex-boyfriends, yeah. beyond that, you don't get much. Yeah. So I think it's a case of, yeah, creating big... And even the big ensemble numbers that they have, they are right at the start and you don't see any of them again. Yes, yes. Like it's, it's those first two, it's um, Another Day of Sun and Someone in the Crowd. Yes. They have those great big numbers at the start and then for some reason they just kind of ignore them the rest of the film. Well, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. And, and, then, well, and then you've obviously got the, the final sequence, which is a, a, yeah. a riff on the, um, the sequence in Singing in the Rain, which yeah, has the, that long dance break, um, which, yeah, obviously uses a lot of people then. But like you say, it is... And where we do see people, I mean, it being a film, where we do see people, it's like casting directors that we see for 30 seconds or whatever. Uh, I mean, even like Ryan Gosling's sister has about a minute screen time. Um, I quite like her story. I watched, I went back and watched it today. Um, and like her storyline, really lovely. Yeah. There's a whole bit about her getting engaged and then um, Ryan Gosling playing at her engagement party and all this lovely stuff. But you hear in that first scene and then she never speaks again but yes. you see her story going through oh so I think that's gosh. a part that you could massively oh, bring back because literally I just kept seeing these parties he was playing I was like I don't know why yeah. what is this I, like, <laughs> I, missed, I missed that line and so yeah. I didn't get that yeah I didn't get it the first time to be fair no it's, I mean yeah. either yeah because it's so it's so brief and that's the other thing as well that's a challenge this film deals in montage and we uh, lack that on stage to an extent um, yeah. so it's, it's overcoming how can we tell some of these stories by expanding those montages into actual scenes and musical numbers because the way that musicals do montage is through their numbers generally speaking yeah, um, yeah absolutely yeah massively. Yeah. so I, I think there's a bit of that um, and I think 
but yeah, I mean, the basic idea would be that we put this on as a, as a big musical in a proscenium space. Yeah. I think maybe what would be more interesting for this episode is is to talk through where we might build in new musical numbers um, mm. potentially. Well, yeah, so that's yeah. what I was going to suggest. I was going to say we don't normally do this, but how about we actually go through this like, plot point by plot point? Yeah, and think about it that way. Do you want to do that? Yeah. I yeah, mean, go for it. Okay, so look, so I mean, the first thing is probably the hardest thing. We open yes. on on the freeway. <laughs> yes, um, I personally think get rid of the freeway. I don't think it needs it. It's a lovely, it's a great idea for a film. Yes, but in terms of staging, like all it's saying is just setting up LA. Like, yeah, that's all it is. I I would mm. much rather actually. I think in some ways, I, I mean, I guess it needs to be a place where these two can meet. But conceivably, it, it could be something like on the Warner Brothers lot where Mia works or something. And instead of it being this big freeway, what we're seeing instead is a like a film set or something. Um, yeah. And yeah. and so you get that sense. And it, but maybe it's from the perspective of like the runners and the grips and the people like working these bit jobs within the film. Um, and and it's like and you can still use the, a similar number like another day of sun. It's all about this sort of chasing dreams in in LA and all of this stuff. The the, the number itself is like it is what it is. Oh, it yeah. has no re- it has no relation to where it's yeah set. exactly it's, it's about, yeah. It's about the general idea. Yeah, so I think yeah, saying it somewhere like a like a film studio sort of area is great because also like when you ha- when you open a musical like that and you have characters and you have even even characters that you may see again like once in the rest of the musical but they're like a funny little bit part that might come back mm. and the sort of thing where you like have multiple of those going through this one number yes like sets up a really nice atmosphere like a great it's a classic opener to a musical yeah movie. absolutely yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. i think because again again I, d- I don't want to labor this point but like I-, I don't believe that that you would remember someone hooting at you to have it like two months later no was, yeah that know? was <laughs> um, but but it, but it sets it up with the whole thing the whole like beeping outside her house thing goes on through, it comes from that thing which is lovely yeah but i just don't believe it for a second <laughs> you know i don't yeah. think they would ever have worked out that they had that incident together but anyway yes. um okay so we start yeah. with that and then the next thing we have is this is this kind of really cool film device where we follow mia for about 10 minutes and then we go back to yeah. the beginning and we follow um funnily enough the 2013 film begin again does exactly the same thing yeah. <laughs> and i just it watching it again having now seen begin again i was like oh well this is just this feels like it's, it's, it's the yeah. same thing but yeah um so we follow mia and then we follow um whatever his name is seb, seb. um so mia it's her going through lots of different auditions uh that is a musical number in and of itself, right? Like, oh, of course. What, that, like, that's a, that's a su- such a missed opportunity. But there's definitely something we can do. And maybe it's even she's doing the same monologue over and over. Um, but that's like the verse it of has, the song. It has essences of um, like middle of last five years. Mm. And there's a section in the last five years, obviously, where um kathy is doing auditions and she's getting increasingly frustrated because the audition panel never take notice of her yes There's massive like elements of i that. knew i was thinking of a musical number and you found exactly <laughs> the one yeah yeah definitely that. that that basically that i mean <laughs> make it a bit different obviously the, what what um last five years does is obviously it's, it's about one audition but mm. it's, it's, it's set in one audition but it's about multiple auditions i think a, a really good number would be doing the same thing but at multiple auditions and yes continue the same response would be a really nice way of phrasing a number like, yeah and you can, you can even do that where you, you you just have these bits of set like what not even di- different bits of set or dif- different tables and stuff being wheeled on and wheeled off like immediately or even um 
you know, maybe we could even bring a revolve into this. And <laughs> you have her yeah. walking around the revolve and each time she's met by a new audition, uh, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Or just yeah. a load of audition tables just spinning around her. Yeah, like yeah. To each yeah. One. That could work, yeah. I think. That could work. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. And, and then she goes to this party. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is what, a nice I, what, I'm, what I'm immediately thinking is, the issue is now is, you've got three massive upbeat numbers <laughs> straight in a row. Which, yeah. al- although as much as much as an MD, I would absolutely love that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot all at once. Can we make this musical song through? <laughs> it's just a musical number. <laughs> but because no, it, it almost is to begin with. I, I, it's Yeah, you're right, Josh, because you start with an I want number from the whole of Los Angeles, and yes, then you yeah. move to an I want number from her and her flatmates, but the I want that she tells us about in that song isn't really what she wants. Yeah. I, think the, the um, I think I think the audition song would 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 merge into someone in the crowd. I think it'd be a lengthy se- like a sequence. I maybe, maybe, yes. maybe the audition song isn't completely sung. Maybe it's something where she does multiple auditions and there's bits of song throughout, and it merges into this neat like there will eventually be someone in the crowd yes. who will spot her and want her, and it's it's, it's the same idea. That works, yeah, that works really well because it's it merges. It's the whole thing with this 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 musical is dealing with the two dual themes of the the dream of the career and the dream of the love yes and the first number is about the career and the second number is about the love so if we can merge those together and we can say look these two things come together and and yeah right yeah, now right. at the beginning of the musical we're not aware the characters aren't aware they have to choose between them yes and so as we go on we realize that that well hopefully we can find a way to make them realize that maybe they have to i don't actually yeah. agree with yeah. that sentiment but there we go um, <laughs> yeah i i don't know that i do either but yeah no for sure and i, I think you're right justin that you can have the audition can f- number can feel like the first half of a number and then we have that brief scene with the housemates and it turns into someone in the crowd and this can be one of these yeah. ones that you see it on the soundtrack and it's like eight and a half minutes long and you're like oh great i can't wait to give this a listen like that's, <laughs> i love that <laughs> um yeah yeah for sure um, but I think so- someone in the crowd, great song. Oh like, yeah, really it's cracking. Well that like, really well written, like ups and downs. Yeah, um, the moment where uh, she goes into the bathroom and then it comes in with the, it's like with the flutes yeah. and stuff, uh, and yeah, it builds yeah, to that drop. Totally. Oh my goodness, it's so good. You can you can totally see that set and like the the whole of the uh, the ensemble is sort of frozen around. Yes, anything moving. Yes, and it's all it's it's yeah classic. And then it's suddenly there's that moment in where um, someone jumps into the pool in the film. And suddenly the whole thing comes back to life again. And it, that, as, as a moment on stage, that's classic. You can have someone jump off a balcony and be caught by a group of people as well. We don't even need a swimming pool, but you can use the, still use that sort of a- acrobatic uh, theatricality in it as well. Excuse me, says health and safety. Yeah. <laughs> you could do that. You could definitely do yeah, that. Totally. <laughs> on Broadway, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, nice one. Yeah. yeah, okay. And so that... Where does that get us up to? So that takes us back to where it goes back to him in the car. But yes. I think, tell me if if you disagree with this, but I think we get to the end of that of somewhere in the crowd, and then we just cut to him playing Christmas songs on the piano, and then we start. That I scene. think I think the more important bit is that you make sure at the end of someone in the crowd, there's a really important plot point, which is that um, her car gets towed, and she has to walk home. Oh, yes, and she walks past the club which Seb is playing. Yeah, I think that's really crucial to like setting up like that that's that's key to how they meet yeah that's the proper first meeting in her she she hears him play she hears him play the theme that is eventually their love theme yes and it becomes this whole thing so i think you have to include that so actually i would put the 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 cut back to seb 
maybe exactly the point in which they do in the film. Yeah. I think I think what they've done in terms of that timing works really well. I'm not sure how far you'd go back with Seb. I that's think what I, mean. I, I think we yeah. just start in we just start in the club. We can almost have her somehow at the same time as finding her car. We could have him playing Christmas songs and then the J.K. Simmons character could come up to him after that instead of before, if that makes sense. I think you could even what you could do is you could just that scene with his sister, I think, is really important which we cut back to, which is where oh, yes. his sister is saying, oh, you want to get your own club, but you need to get a job kind of thing. But right. I think you could just, you don't need to do the time jump. You just shift that so that Mia spots him in, in playing Christmas songs uh, and then he walks straight past her and then the next scene is him and his sister talking about yeah. his future and his yeah. finances. I think you don't need to do the time jump necessarily and we can still include those key plot points. Okay, so this, you know how confused this film is? So that's a really key plot point. I yes. agree. The reason why I missed out just now is because I'm working from the Wikipedia page of La La Land. I didn't mention it. Yeah, I read, I read that earlier. Not helpful. <laughs> I had to go back and watch bits just to make sure I got the plot points. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think that works in terms of going back to that, that conversation with the sister because that sets up, I think, actually quite a crucial secondary character. Yes. Because although she, obviously she's not mentioned, the fact that her story goes on yeah. to... Uh, like basically show how like true love can be found do you know what I mean like the, f- the fact that her story is pretty consistent and goes from like meeting this new boyfriend to getting married to them and having kids shows a complete opposite to what Mia and Seb are having yeah so actually including her is really like important yeah to start. yeah absolutely yeah okay cool so uh, we got to there we we have the scene with his sister that definitely doesn't need a musical number so we yeah. <laughs> we'll give the <laughs> give the audience a break there <laughs> uh, but yeah, we make her a bigger character for sure yeah for oh, sure yeah. yeah so then what happens next <laughs> i literally rewatched this today <laughs> um they what happens he gets so he so he gets fired and like she attempts to like compliment him but he completely brushes it off yeah and just like passes by and like shoves by her and that's yeah. our first um, moment when we introduce this concept in the film where the film scene becomes a theater where the spotlight comes on I, which I, which oh I yeah, yeah which i do really like and i think we can achieve in the theater yeah definitely the same yeah. way yeah yeah um so okay and then so then the next bit is that when they meet at the party in in yeah, spring the, uh, where where he's in the 80s pop yeah pop. i love that so much yeah. it's so good <laughs> just, just clever just clever um, um yeah I, th- I think you'd include this whole sequence i think it's i think it's really funny <laughs> yeah i think there's a lot of really great bits and obviously like ensemble wise a really good way of including some ensemble yeah ensemble I, w- I would say everything from from this point uh up until after they've um danced together at the top of the hill by the bench uh, they've done the tap dance routine. All of that yeah. can stay pretty much the same, I would say. Um, I want I want to put a quick shout out. I when I watched this the um the the party scene earlier, mm. there's there's a real there's just really random guy who um is is chatting to Mia. Yeah, um, and he he wants to start a movie franchise based on Goldilocks, but from the viewpoint <laughs> of the three bears. <laughs> and I watched, it's just like. Yeah, classic. I love but, that. Um, I love that whole that whole character because he's got the whole thing. It's like, yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really big in in world building. There's a lot of buzz around me right now. He's just like, what, he's just one of those really <laughs> annoying people. Yeah, well, <laughs> but then, okay, so again, again, this confused me, right? Because then she's dating someone, but it's not him, right? Or is it him? I'm uh, no, it's not him. No, it's a completely like, different guy. This is a guy who we assume she's been dating since we met her in the film oh, essentially so again not clear to me i don't know yeah, yeah. well it's it's jumping 
in time because it does this seasonal thing, which I want to get back to because I actually have an idea about the season thing. Um, yeah. But it's doing this season thing. So we've done winter. We're now in spring, which is when their their love begins. It, you know, blossoms. Um, very clever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm. I, I mean, so uh, yeah. So then we meet this boyfriend. So I think, uh, yeah, everything up until the tap dance, including the tap dance. I mean, the choreography there. I think we could get a bit more complex with what they achieve but it's on a, stage. It's a great moment in terms of like setting up. Yes. Oh, this first like click. This first moment of yes. Oh, is there something there? It's it's yeah. Yeah. No. For sure. Yeah. Um. So then from there, yeah. The next bit is he goes and meets her at the coffee shop she works at. Yeah. Um. Again, don't think a musical number is needed there. That's basically just setting up the next section. They walk, then they walk around the lot. They walk around the lot, exactly. I thought, like, although the coffee shop moment, funny, you you can skip by it. It's quite a nice moment. But when they're walking around the lot, I, I when I was watching it, and the way that they're talking basically about her being an actress yes. and him loving jazz, yes, um, I think there could be a really nice moment of um like a, a song about something about like loving what you do but never getting anywhere yeah it's, it's kind of like a, there's a there's a, like a mutual recognition yes they both love the acting and the jazz but they're not getting away anywhere. yeah and it's kind of like mutual frustration i think it's quite a nice I, I love that and i mean like you know the point of music in a musical as far as i can see is it, it is the moment at which the scene can't tell the story anymore so song has to you know it's the mo- it's the moment where uh just saying words isn't enough. Uh, and so to have this scene where they're talking excitedly with each other about the things they are passionate about, and that launches into a song because actually the words, the dialogue isn't enough to tell you how passionate they are. They have to sing it. Is uh, That's exactly what music is for in a musical. Yeah, 100%. And it's a, an opportunity missed by this film over and over again. <laughs> um, yeah. So also, yeah. what really frustrates me there is they... Um they like come up to a bit of set where they're rolling and the guy's like quiet on set we're rolling and they just keep fucking talking yeah we can talk now and they can't it's like you really (laughs) that that guy would get so mad (laughs) i would not um yeah um for sure so yeah and i think that musical number could probably lead us straight into the jazz club where what i was was gonna say is i i think i think the song would be interrupted by her being like, actually, I don't really like jazz. Oh, it's a, it's a sort of thing where it's so like interrupted, good. and he's like, "What? We're going now?" And it's immediately like a complete rush. To yes, jazz club. Oh, and it just like launches silences. straight back into the song, perhaps. And he's yeah explaining his love yeah, for jazz through absolutely. singing. Yeah, I really like that. I, I like the idea as well that the band, the musician, the acting musicians have come on and they're playing this song. And it's as if like they're kind of not really there, but they're there in like an ethereal way. But then mm. she stops it with her hand, like silencing the trumpet or something, and says that. And then those same act musicians are in the club playing. Yes, the club. like a really nice transition. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's that's a re- when you're doing acting musician shows, like that's the key thing. As in, do you as a, do 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 the actors on stage? know that the musicians are there yeah i think that's quite a key thing i think in this film be quite this this show sorry would be quite an interesting thing to play with in terms of like rec- like the characters know that the music's around them and they can stop it when they want and start it when they want yeah, yeah. So if you're saying like that then if, 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 if the musicians are there and she's able to stop them and like say but i actually don't really like this then there's kind of like a, a, a nice moment where you're kind of partly taking out the story kind of there's like the, yeah mm. using act musicians in a kind of an interesting way 
more than just literally background music. Mm. Yes. Well, I mean, quite, like... we're about to get to the point where that happens in the film for the most, where where they throw the hat and the hat floats so they decide they can fly. Um, yeah. Which we're about to get to. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we've got, a, we've got a little bit. So after this, he says, let's go and watch Rebel without a course together. Um, so, yeah, we've got this musical number in the jazz club. Then he, he invites her to go watch this film. And then she's going on this date with her boyfriend. Is it Greg or something? Yeah, Greg. Yeah. Greg. Um, I'm thinking we could have... Can you think of a boring name, please? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I don't want us to be inundated with musical numbers. But if we wanted to add a number in here, definitely her in the restaurant deciding to go uh, to the cinema with Seb could be a number very easily. Yeah, it's really nice. Like in the in the film, what they do is they use um, like their love theme that continually comes back. Yes. Um, the, the like the really famous, the really famous, the, the the now really famous tune. Yeah. Um, and that's and she, I think in the in the film, she's she acts as if she hears it over the like the tannoy in the restaurant. Yeah. Um, that's what she hears, and that sort of like drags her out of the restaurant towards the cinema, which is a, obviously a, like cheesy and kind of a classic. I think quite quite a classic cinema move yeah but i don't think you'd need to include it but at least that sort of thing of like a moment of oh is she gonna go is she gonna go yes she's gonna go and see him I yeah think it is really that. important when we're adding these numbers in that we do want to use that mo- motif because it is really central to to the whole thing yeah cool. yeah for sure yeah so we i mean yeah we can use that moment ex- pretty much exactly as, as it is in the film and then i'm thinking we could even project some of rebel without a cause onto a screen at the back of the stage as well um yeah. for that moment in the cinema um yeah, I, I really like i really like this i guess you can't do it in the theater but i really like this thing where she keeps driving past it's a match shot where she keeps driving past the cinema and to start with it says rebel without a cause and then it's closed and i believe it's the, that's where she puts on her plate is that right is it I th- is I it think so i think i it's doubt it's the rialto I don't. I don't know that it is. Yeah. I thought I could. Okay, fine. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. Again, I keep I keep reading these weird things into it that aren't there. But but it looked it, to me it seemed yeah. like the film was on at the theater. Then the then the theater closed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that, then it became. That did and then and then it was used as a. And then it was used as a different kind of theater. But maybe I misunderstood that and it just looked similar. I um, I think they look similar, but I also don't know. So I mean, no, I, I couldn't tell you, but I yeah, I'm unsure. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I that's the I mean that is the challenge here. There are certain parts of this story that are just literally told through like these these repeated shots that are just things we recognise from earlier, um, and uh, that's challenging to do on stage without spelling it's, out. It's almost the inverse, isn't it? Where film is show, not tell. Yes, musicals are tell. And we don't really care about showing. So well, we, we just we just want to show people dancing and having a good time rather than anything yeah, else. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Wh- so where are we? Okay, they're at the cinema. They, we do that bit, and then uh, well, this is the bit that confuses me. Is it at this point? Oh no, it was before this where he sings "City of Stars," isn't it? On the board. Yeah, he sung. He sung that after their trip to the jazz club. I think, to be honest, I just think we can just cut "City of Stars" from that bit. Because it comes back back later in a reprise, but yeah. it doesn't really make sense in that moment. I like it's it's kind of yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a dull moment in the. Uh, it's, I'm not gonna lie, it's a bit of a dull song. I don't really yeah. I don't really know why it, did it did it win the win the Oscar? I think it won the Oscar for best. New was that the one that won the Oscar? Yeah, that's what won the Oscar. That oh, was her man. that won the Oscar. Yeah, but I think City, no, City of Stars. I won think they did the win best, best original song. Uh, song. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, I see. I but see. Man, just, I what a world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. I just don't think it's like 
it's fine. You know what I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But, but I I don't mind it later on. It's used very well when they sing it together. But it's but is that part of the 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 enjoyment of that second moment in the fact that it's reprised in the fact that of it's course done. I yeah maybe. I would be very tempted to cut it from this moment yeah. here. I mean, again, as someone that was as someone's watching for the first time, I thought that the motif was from City of Stars. I thought they were the same thing, but no, they just not. get merged at the yeah. end. That's yeah. why. I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not like like I think I think cutting it is fine. I don't think it needs really. The only thing is, you haven't had anything so far, which is just him. Yeah, that's the thing. You've had so much of her and quite a lot of um, them solo together. Stuff. Yeah, them together and solo stuff for her. So actually, a moment of reflection for him is quite nice, even if the science. Don't yeah, fifty-year-old Ryan Gosling will mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, may- okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is worth having that there then. And then we've got this Griffith Observatory moment. That's just a dance break as well. There's no yeah. actual singing in that. I think it's 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 clever how they use because um, the planetarium is referenced in Revel Up Without a Cause, as in they show. Yeah, it, in the it film. features heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so going to that is a very, very clever cinematic thing to do. Um, so I think including that is really nice because it provides a really good link. I, I think yeah. that this is the I end mean, to act one. Yeah. The, well, there's the choice because they, yeah, they've got the kiss then, yeah. which could be the end to act one or alternatively the other end to act one. Uh, if we wanted to have quite a long first act and a shorter second act would be the moment uh, at the concert at the end of summer but yeah. that would make quite a long first act i don't know it feels it feels feels pretty classic it does feel like a, a climax you're, you're right josh I, yeah. yeah i would i would put the break here then i think i think, I think well it's pretty classic do you know what i mean that it's that final yeah. chord when they kiss and like and that's and then that's two seasons done then and then we get two seasons in the, the second act and then yeah. we get like a sort of epilogue which is the five years later uh, yeah, I'm very happy with that. Um, yeah, okay. So then we put the act break in there, and then we get to summer. Summer is all about their love at its height. It's their, you know, a summer of I, love. I, think, I personally think that's a great thing as a, as an audience member. You go away from the first act thinking, "Oh yeah, great, yeah, it's lovely." They finally got together. You've sort of completed one section of the arc. Yes, yeah. And then you come back, and I think the um, the summer montage could be turned into a, like a big, big. Oh, montage, absolutely, yeah. Where you've got people going all over the place. They're having a great time. They're experiencing all this stuff. Can we very briefly just talk about just before we get past the interval? Do we want to keep it as just a dance break, or do we want to add lyrics somewhere into this this scene? Well, I, I just I, the thing about adding lyrics is often your your showstopper before the end of a first act would be the bringing together of musical yeah. themes from the first act. Classic. So, I mean, but then again, we could keep it as just a dance break, but just we're making sure we're weaving in the musical themes that we've heard from the whole of the first act. And we don't necessarily need I'm trying lyrics. I'm to think if there's anything else that's done, that's done that, where, it, where something ends in dance regards. Well, I, don't, I doubt it. Cause it's, really? Because it just seems I'm so underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. It just seems I so guess very underwhelming. Yeah. <sighs> But potentially, I guess, as long as we could make it into... Well, I think that might be interesting as as a breaking of theatrical convention is that it it, it doesn't go out with a, a bang, but what it does is it gives us this resolution in the story just before the, the beginning of the second act. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I guess if if we literally put them on harnesses and they like go and have a float around the audience. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what I was thinking is you can have that moment, yeah, where his 
well, I don't even know if he could do the cloth floating out of his hand easily because to have that on a harness that oh, whole time. No, that, but you could definitely no, put them on harnesses. Than putting the people on. That's oh, yeah, but you could easily put them on harnesses, right? That's oh, something yeah, you totally. can just do. Um, yeah, have, you, have you seen Spider Man turn off the door? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there have been shows that have done it far more successfully than Spider Man turn off the door. I think that would be amazing the to do them on harnesses. In... The Tweenies on stage. No, it didn't. Really? Yeah, 2007. Yeah. <laughs> Tweenies, 2007. Um, yeah, I would I would love to see and I think maybe even that's potentially breaking theatrical convention in that it would be a, a quite an, a, an intimate end to the first act rather than this big showstopper. We just have but this I, moment I, where it's I them think together. It's necessarily in like I get what you mean in terms of I think it's a, I think it's still a massive showstopper in terms of that final yes. moment. And you've had I think even though you haven't got singing necessarily, if you've got amazing staging and amazing things going on then the audience will still come out of the first act going like, oh, yeah, amazing, loved it, want to go back into the second act. I think, I think yes, you've still got that yeah, moment. Yeah. And if you finally get yeah, that that's thing true. where they like, it comes down to a spot right at the end and you see them kiss and then it goes to black and that's it. We're like a massive call. Yeah. Then that's all you need, Joey. That, that. Oh yeah, no, that, but that literally happens in the film. It literally yeah. does the... That's yeah, that's, well, that's what we're saying, yeah. Thing. Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm so behind the times. <laughs> that's okay, man. Yeah, okay, that's a great end to the first act. Um, I didn't even think to talk about the thing on wires, but that's definitely a thing worth mentioning. But just that we—that is something built into the film. It is so theatrical, oh, yeah. and it would be such a magical moment to place on stage as well. Um, it's, for sure, it, for me, it, it feels very like Moulin Rouge. Do you know what I mean? In in the sense of that, like these dream sequences that are really lavish and all this stuff going mm. on. It feels very much Moulin like Rouge being another example of a musical written for a film and then put on stage afterwards. Yeah. Um, if you're looking That's for true. other examples, Jake. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So we're in, we're into the second act. We start with Summer. Summer is almost entirely told through montage, right? Yeah, it is. Um, there's very few scenes. It's just them being in love. We see more of the sisters' narrative. And then we see Mia's starting writing her play. And then Seb gets offered the job from Keith, played by John Legend, to be in the band. And we see the band begin to have quite a bit of success. Um and it ends that whole section ends with the the performance of um so, the band's yeah. song on stage um so this whole this whole section i think could be similar to the um the audition into someone in the crowd could be this whole long string of like different little bits of musical sequences yeah. that are kind of strung together into one big number that ends in the the band um let you know the john legend's band uh, performing his song yeah, massively. so yeah i how do i don't know how exactly we do how about that. how about like um like a you basically just pick like a not well maybe make make a, a kind of standard uh or i don't know i'm not sure exactly what the ter- how the terms work but you, you have a kind of jazz piece and then you're actually playing the hot the same jazz piece all the way through but each like section of the montage is a solo for a different instrument uh, so like I get what when you mean. she's doing her yeah, auditions yeah. you have a certain instrument when you when he's re- practicing there's a different instrument and then we slowly add in these fusion elements as it gets closer to the I don't think to the I think I think putting everything together in one long string might be too much I think you want to yeah. I think you want to keep this summer on mon- the summer montage where you've got her writing and him getting his gig and then eventually they mm. move in together and that's quite a nice set piece uh yes I think that's a nice thing to to do and it's like opening a second act of a musical you want something big you want something that's fast moving so if you've got something with like, yeah. lots of little scenes with music going over the top song mixed through bit of dance etc 
great opening for the second act. That's what you need. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you so yeah. you do that, and then the first proper scene afterwards is is you, you introduce the friend, introduce John Legend's character. I think that's the first thing. Yeah, and it, and it it almost sets up. Oh, where's the story going next? Because uh, like after the, after this first number of the second act, not much changed. As in like their relationships progressed, but as in there's 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 currently no there's there's no issues stopping them. So you, yes, I think, I yeah, think absolutely. Up yeah. Immediately after the thing, the next big thing that's going to change how they're working is is yeah. a good way of like yeah. plot like sorting out. Yeah. Plot. Okay. Once yeah. Once again, I have forgotten how long this <laughs> section is. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, you're all right. You're half a Yeah. Right. So so then that will lead us into that first rehearsal with John Legend, right? Yeah. Um. Which yeah. Which we kind of begin to see some of those fusion elements. I mean, what I I think. Where we can use your idea, Jake, is we can have a jazz standard used for the summer montage and then it's brought in back again here in the rehearsal room. But this is where a fusion element is used to change it. And we see this sort of modern take on jazz, which is John Legend's I I mean, it's interesting you say that, Jake, because actually that is actually what what you've just suggested is actually how the whole score of La La Land works. Yeah. In the the same way that the whole thing... Well, nearly the whole thing is based on the same four chords repeated over and over again. So the chords for Another Day of Sun are exactly the same as the chords for Someone in the Crowd. They're exactly the same as the chords for, um, like, uh, the Summer Montage. They're all they're all based on exactly the same section. They're, they're all based on exactly the same chords with slightly different melodies going over the top. But that is part of the point. And that's that's part of the, one of the criticisms that La La Land had was that people were like, oh, it's yeah. all the same. Well, it's it's this thing of it it makes it very easy uh, for the final number to bring all of those themes together. But usually what's impressive in a musical is you have all of these themes that feel like they couldn't possibly go together and then you weave them in with each other. I mean, the great example I think of is the uh, last song in the first act of West Side Story when we bring all of those themes together and it's just like, oh, this is amazing how he's taken all of these things that feel like completely different songs and then just brought them into one musical number together. It's a classic device. Um, I think think that any new songs that would be written for La La Land would have to be different. As in, you, in order to make any of these, like, big uh, epilogue moments of music bringing things together you'd have to write completely think completely yeah. new ideas because otherwise yeah. the whole thing is just going to feel like almost you're going nowhere because the music's mm. not going anywhere is it the same chord progression or literally the same chords um the same chord progression it's definitely the same okay. another day of sun is exactly the same as someone in the crowd uh, yeah okay. i mean you can hear that when when you're listening yeah, to you it can. yeah so, so yeah. that's the issue so yeah anything that's new and it's also the same a lovely night has exactly the same chords um and yeah yeah their um love theme is exactly the same as mia's audition song right at the end they're all it, the whole thing's linked which great great writing great writing mm-hmm. from um is it justin Hurwitz who wrote the score yes yeah um, yeah we should have said that way earlier we should have said that yeah and lyrics by um, Pasek and Paul, who also wrote Dear and Hanson and uh, Dogfight, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think what would be needed is like stuff that's new, like properly new and feels yeah. fresh. Obviously, yeah. obviously within this like kind of faux jazz sort of fifties sort of Broadway Hollywood feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that's new. Otherwise, as a listener, I think you'd get. 
I think I think oh pers- it would feel relentless. I, personally, I feel like the film works well in the way that it does its music. But I think if you were to take it any further, it would need yeah a lot of work to make it. I, I think as well, you've got to be thinking we'd probably be adding an hour to the runtime of this as well, yeah. and it would feel entirely relentless if you had three hours of the same chord progression yeah. um yeah i completely agree um oh gosh. that's such a flip the last time we talked about musical on this podcast we talked about like yeah keep it one act 45 minutes yeah three yeah. hours, three well, hours. I, but this this deserves it to an extent i think people would be wanting three hours out of this film being put on stage they would I mean, be if they're watching ryan gosling and emma stone they're paying 500 quid a ticket so yeah um yeah okay so yeah we're in the summer he's done the rehearsal she's writing for her play this is the section where he he then starts to go on tour but things are still pretty good with them they're they're like pretty good managing and then and then we get the john legend number um where she's in the crowd watching him and maybe great great number uh, yeah. He wrote that. Oh yeah, he it's wrote a that cracking himself. number. John wrote that number. I think it, like, right, right. I think it shows yeah. Because it's completely different to the rest of. The it's so it's different, like, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But no, a, I, again, yeah. A, a weird juxtaposition where like it sounds really good, but the, it's just loads of shots of Emma Stone looking like she's disgusted, and I understand why because it's yeah. not his kind of music. Like just but Emma it Stone's is, face. I don't, I don't really like. It's really, <laughs> but it is, it is just really confusing to watch me because I, I kind of yeah. got it, and I was like, really, are you this horrified by yes. the slightly electric feel of this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah no I completely agree. It's very strange how the film treats that number, which is a a really good song. It's just a decent like pop song with some jazz elements yeah. thrown in. Um, which, yeah, um, and it's funny as well because John Legend is obviously someone who has like proven that he can use stuff that is closer to traditional jazz as well in his music yeah um and, and he's playing this guy who's like we've got to change jazz and it's yeah you know, um, I, I think for john legend like obviously he's done a bit of acting but i think he does a pretty good job in the film oh yeah he's he avoids being cartoonish which is like like you, all you can I ask think, for think, in a role I think like that you know it's john legend you can't get away from that fact but i think he does a good job of making sure for a, for a celebrity in a film who's not really an actor like I think he does a pretty good job in. You know what? Yeah, it's I, no I Ed Sheeran in Yesterday. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, say no, that. It's, it's it's far easier to watch than Ed Sheeran <laughs> in Yesterday. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Nice one. So I, I think this whole the summer section, I've, I'm pretty sure, is the shortest section in the film. Yeah. So I think pushing through that as quickly as possible would be good because fall is where their relationship begins to see trouble. Yeah. And it's called fall. Wow. Um, and I think this Artistic. is where we can probably draw out the most sort of dramatic poignancy in the whole thing. Just, just going, just going back quickly. There's also that, 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 that's that moment. Um, the, the city of stars duet where they bring together, which I think actually, ah, uh, yes. One of the, best moments in the film for me personally yeah well this is why i'm saying it, we need to have city of stars at some point because city of stars makes a lot of sense in that moment oh yeah massively and i think for me personally when i when i listen when i go back and listen to it even even just listening on like spotify it's that moment where like she laughs through the song and it's that moment of oh there really is something there so i think that's quite a nice thing of always bookending mm. that summer section of like actually showing there really is something there it's going really yes, well, but then yeah. obviously his career takes off and sort of not destroys the relationship, but sort of puts it on hold for a bit. So I think that's, that's yeah, a really yeah. key, really, really key moment. Also, just just really, just really nice and simple. <clears throat> you wouldn't have to change anything about it. You'd literally just have 
them on stage, just like at the piano, nicely lit at the piano. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those really gorgeous moments. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Okay, so then, then as we push into the full season, I think after that scene at the concert, I think then it would be good to maybe have a couple of scenes where Ryan Gosling's character is not on stage for a while. Yeah. Um, and maybe even these are all spoken scenes as well. Like his absence is an absence of music. And so we could have scenes of Emma Stone working on a play, uh, going to the theater and figuring out, like getting it staged, her on her phone to her mum talking about, well, that's, oh, that's from earlier, isn't it? Where she talks on her, that doesn't matter uh you know i think we could have a series of spoken scenes or maybe her meeting up with one of her friends from earlier in in the play and discussing her play or something like that um i think definitely having like a string of short spoken scenes whilst he's missing would be an interesting contrast and 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 uh, like i guess the first sign of trouble is shown in also a lack of music and a lack of the fun of the musical numbers i agree i I think it'd be yeah, nice, nice to bring in. It's quite, quite classic when you get to that point in the second half of a musical that actually everything sort of seems to tone down, and this is where the real like everything sort of gets sorted. As in, like this is this is the proper drama of the of the moment. Yes, um, yes. And obviously, the the key plot point here is when he misses her play, and he because, because yeah. he's doing this, doing doing this um this band tour. So, so just before that, we have a scene where um, he comes back to surprise her, yeah, um, to make her dinner. And through the scene, it's like a nice surprise because she's not expecting to see him for a few weeks. She hasn't heard from him, and he's there and he's making her dinner. But as the conversation goes on and they talk about their ambition, uh, that we see the conflict between their two ambitions uh, and, and Seb feels as though he's given something up for her. And she feels as though she was telling him to chase his dream the whole time. And he's, and and there's a, there's miscommunication and that scene uh, should have turned into a song, (laughs) but it it didn't. Yeah. It's that feels like (laughs) leading somewhere. Um, And yeah, it's all about like abandoning, like her accusing him of abandoning the bad dreams. Um, and I think that's a really key because it just goes back. It comes back to this theme, um, which is like of, of of career versus love and all this thing. So it, yeah, I think that's a really good moment because it really sets up. Oh, this is going downhill now. This isn't what they thought it would, was going to be. Um, so yes, think, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And it'd be a nice relief after the massive massiveness of all the big numbers we've just described before this as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, Josh. Then we get to the point where he misses her play, uh, and the way I I can kind of see this being staged is we can we can literally split the stage in two. Half the yeah. stage is her performing her play, and then half the stage is him at this photo shoot. You know, yeah. which is a very awkward, quite funny scene. And putting those both on stage at the same time, always playing out at the same time as each yeah. other, really gives nice. us that sense of like tension and 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 worry that he's not going to make it um i don't think we even need a musical number there but it can feel like a sort of almost a musical set piece in the rhythm between the two scenes i would say yeah but without needing to bring in a musical and a number. lovely moment if you're, if you're doing the split scene is the moment where obviously after this they they have a conversation where uh she, she says she's going to break up with him that it's not uh that she can't forgive him for missing that for, for, for yes i think it's a great moment where you can almost break that 
idea of having those two split scenes and they sort of split apart and they come together and it like makes that shift really easy and that whole section can flow really nicely. I'm not I'm not sure whether you'd have a song there because obviously that, like I I wouldn't that, that, I don't it's think a, yeah. a classic musical move to have a a, a song once someone's broken up with you. Um, yeah, and like I, th- I think I don't. Maybe you wouldn't have a song, but you definitely have something motivically. Maybe this is even the moment where we give Seb his big solo. That's what I thought. Yeah, maybe, and maybe it's not in the moment immediately after she's broken up with him, but it's in that moment just before he gets the call saying she's got uh, an audition. Uh, it could be in that moment, him just lying on his bed. I think the song actually is at his sister's engagement party. Oh, that's so, so good! Two, yeah. So you've got um, once again his sister comes back, and this time she's been engaged. Is that the engagement party? Is that the wedding? No, that's the engagement party. I think. I think that would be a, a, a great moment in terms of he's playing there, and obviously they're so much in love. Yeah. And looking on at this, have been like, oh, what have I? Oh, done that's so good! Thing? Yeah, he can be playing at the piano, singing about love, watching yeah. his sister in love with. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's, yeah. It's great. It's. It's written for a song and it's just not there. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely if, right. I wonder if, because that does give us two solos next door to each other, which is a bit much. Well, not next door to each other because we've had that whole section between of the, the play and the and the photographing No, I mean, the next, I mean the next solo. Oh, is her solo. Yeah. But I think that's fine. We haven't had solos just of them, really. Also, the that's true. The, that, that, the latter, the, the sort of back end of a musical... Well, is always stacked oh, with yeah, solos because that's the moment where people are coming to the end of their arc. I'm thinking about, I mean, you know, Josh, you um, did um, Spring Awakening. There was there's yeah. a number of solos in a row towards the end of that, right? That's true. Oh, it's, yeah, that, because that's how they like when you get to that point in a musical, it's all about the emotions of the characters. Yes, um, any musical you'll get to, you will see that point where you've had multiple solos in a row from different characters. Yeah, yeah, about the other about the other characters. Like that's just how these these sorts of things function so actually doing that i think works yeah works i th- i think that's okay uh, and her next solo would be so different as well because this is he's singing a solo about screwing up and about like you know missing out on love and then her solo is this hopeful solo about being foolish enough to chase your dreams and and follow your ambitions i think they're 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 different enough and it, it's interesting as well because often i, I yeah i guess it, it, it it's you know, to have her singing about ambition rather than them both having a solo about their relationship and about love is interesting as well, because often it would be you would split the two main characters and then they sing about each other. Um, whereas we're avoiding that, I guess. Yeah. No, I think I think it works nicely. Um, I I think him almost kind of redeeming himself by getting her that audition yes. sort of sets the plot back in motion a bit, because obviously once you've had that bit when they've broken up, as a as a, as an audience member, you're kind of you'd be in that moment of oh, what's going to happen now? Yeah, is, ever, is, is, is this going to be falling apart? Is this is this towards the end? But the fact that he picks it back up, but not to the extent where they're like oh, we're we're back in love again. Do you know what I mean? That's yes, good. yeah, yeah. The fact that he slightly redeems himself, yeah, and then sort of she gets a big break from it, yeah. Actually, thematically works obviously really well because it's actually about. The career and love dynamic again, all of this. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, I, but I think, I, I think that audition song as well is it, it's brilliant. For, yeah, that was the moment for me when I watched it in the cinema, where I sort of sat back and was like, oh, yeah, this this is this is a good film. Yeah, it, it's for me personally, it's stunning, and the performance is stunning. 
Uh, and and it does, you know, it allows it to do it in, in one take so we can see the performance of Emma Stone. Yeah. Uh, and that's the moment where it, it feels theatrical because that would work on stage as is. That is immediately, that's stage ready for us yeah. as an yeah. audience, um, which is great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we've got that section in between where he goes to her house and everything. I don't know how that's, we want to do that. Scene. Yeah. I, I think that's just a scene. Yeah. It might even be a phone call. I don't yeah yeah i I agree i make it shorter make it as economical as possible in terms of storytelling i do really like it though as as a kind of i don't know this whole the whole thing where he finds a house because it's opposite the library because he you know this kind of shows how much he's listened to her and that that kind of thing yeah i do like that um it does require building a whole new set though <laughs> you, you can get in a nice little bit part for her parents as well yeah that's true yeah, yeah. Classic, classic part can you imagine getting cast in la la land and it's just you're playing me as parents for 30 seconds you, just, you, <laughs> you turn up at like 10 30 p.m every night and go yeah. at 10 50 <laughs> don't even you don't bother Love with it. the curtain call like um, <laughs> um but you yeah, know i was gonna say like what this film does that I haven't seen in a in a movie musical before is that concept of like in a musical, especially the earlier musicals. Um, I'm thinking particularly of like the Threepenny Opera, which you might even not even describe as as a musical, where when the music comes on, you're removed from the real world and you enter the musical space yeah. where you where as you said earlier, Caleb, where you move the plot on, but in like a way because we need to express it with something more than just speech. Um, and yeah. the film, as you say, is doing that already. Um, it's it's changing yeah. the world we're in for certain moments. Yeah, I I think yeah, and it, it works definitely in that audition scene because the audition is just a normal moment, and it just feels like it could be a normal conversation. Um, but then it sort of explodes into her her musical number for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that brings us up to the epilogue, I think. Well, it brings us up to a scene. Oh, quite a crucial scene, I think. Indeed, where they basically talk about what the fuck has happened over the last two hours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they basically just reflect on everything. Yeah, um, and and provide an almost a conclusion to this part of the story, which is they they end up suggesting um, basically that um, sort of they 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 will always love each other, mm. but they sort of their careers are both obviously really picking up. Um, and they're uncertain of their future together, so they sort of want to progress with their careers. Yeah, they don't necessarily do. With yeah. yeah, which I think might be a horrible message, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think I think yeah. in some ways it's quite. Re- I think in some ways it's quite relatable in the sense of like, yes, um, you you will always love this person, but maybe now is not the right time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess there's just a little part of me that's just like. Oh, just man, just, just like just, just, take, to, just, just, just chill out for seven months, and yeah. then like she'll, she'll be back, and it'll be all right. Yeah. Or even yeah, even like take a break, but like you know, call each other. Or is it, yeah, the yeah. film kind of pretends there's no phones. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. Well, because it it, it wants to live in this like fifties world. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's so quite, then it's quite sex education in that vibe. Yeah, in the sense of it's styling itself. Yeah, it's not really itself, yeah. but it's kind of. That. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I th- but I think for that conversation, you just want a nice big underscore. I know, I think I know, I think you'd start the scene silent, and then the underscore comes in, yeah. and the underscore is their love theme, and that's it. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, so that brings us to the epilogue. Uh, five years later, uh, we haven't discussed how we would show the season. Thing. What was your What was your idea? Uh, but I'm guessing you said earlier. 
Well, okay, yeah. So th- this might be a good moment to introduce my idea. It's a little bit wacky, and you can completely dismiss it if you want. Okay, to. moving on then. But up, bef- <laughs> up, up, <laughs> up until the epilogue, the the film is split into four sections each season. Uh, my thought was, and maybe this is a bit gimmicky, but that uh, the audience could decide which order we see the seasons in um, each night. Uh, and so we can see the relationship play out in a different way each night in that, like, you know, fall is obviously still the end, but like, it, I think it could transform what that epilogue means if we see it in a different order, if that makes sense. So the night we see it end with fall and their relationship ending, and then we see that final epilogue and it's it it becomes about oh sometimes you have to choose ambition over love sometimes you have to let someone go so that you can follow your dreams that are more important to you personally but then also you know let's say we do a night where it ends up being like fall winter summer spring and it it ends in this almost like bittersweet sort of hopeful way that actually maybe there's still some love there maybe there's still some way some kind of connection i don't know that's just a thought i had like there we have this even split into like four sections maybe there's a gimmick we can use to kind of so that people who have seen the film aren't just seeing the same thing again on stage that'd be exactly my first thought is that i mean the the uh, the musical i know of well and josh knows of well i think that um deals with sorry not i think you were just in it recently um that deals with time like that is merrily we roll along and that it's what it suffers from is you don't know the story already it's actually like no. really boring and also confusing and yeah um, actually because the you story don't quite understand what's going on yeah and and the story in the right order is actually very dull like it's <laughs> yeah well it's by the numbers um, isn't it it's so yeah this doesn't suffer from that those, those last couple of problems um and you might say you know well you're getting an audience that has seen it and knows and knows the film um, but also, and also it might just work in that way. I think it, it really would be a thing of like, well, let's, I think you get in the rehearsal room and you go, okay, well, let's just try a run in the wrong order. Let's get a bunch yeah. of people that haven't seen it before and ask them if they understand it. And then I think that would have to be the point where you, where you decide whether it works or not, which is very late on, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, un, I'm yeah. unsure whether you'd lose the message. Not, not, not that the message is always necessarily the clearest. Yeah, I'm quite up for losing the film. message here, to be honest. Yeah, I like. I think I don't <laughs> think the message is the clearest thing in the first place. But I think I, I, well, the, I think I think what it would do is it would give an opportunity to to reread the message in different ways, um, and and I guess rethink exactly what the film is trying to say because at different moments it, it is kind of saying different things because there's a moment in summer where they where it almost seems like they'd be willing to prioritize their relationship over their careers and if you saw it in that order maybe you would see the ending as a tragedy rather than as a as a, a choice that was uh, a positive one for them both i don't know mm-hmm. it, it was just a thought because and i i, I guess as well I, yeah i've been reading some alan akeborn recently <laughs> he loves to do this kind of thing where he like shifts thing around things around and he has a couple of plays where the audience decides in what order they see the scenes and i think it could be a way of freshening this up yeah. for the stage uh, although we do ha- now have loads of new musical numbers, so also, maybe we don't need you, it. If you um, if you are doing this move around thing, I think we. Pro- I wonder whether it would in- whether it would make it more clear or more confusing if you then had this bit we're about to get to at the end where they have this montage that is of the yes. entire film in t- in thirty seconds. That's what I think. I think yes. potentially if the epilogue wasn't a thing, and I, and I personally think it should be a thing because I think actually that's what makes the message like whatever message this film has, it gives it that message. I yes. Think if you didn't have yeah. the epilogue. 
maybe the mixing around of the of the um the sections would work as long as each section had a very definitive ending. Um, because I because I think actually, yes. at that point you can then the audience comes out of it in whatever manner the last section has ended. I kind of yes um, yeah, but like it it obviously affects how much you get to that. But I think yeah, if if the epilogue wasn't a thing, then that would work really well. Yeah, I think the, fact that the epilogue is a thing means it would be too confusing, confusing yeah i think the epilogue works best as as they've done it in a sense of i don't think it would fit as well at any other point i think it'd be really weird yeah i guess the way i'd thought about it is that you always have the epilogue at the end and so whatever order we've seen the bit before in we then see it in the correct order in the epilogue but i do think that that might be too confusing yeah. for audiences or or might it might just yeah just like muddy what the whole story is that we've just seen um so yeah i mean i i'm not completely married to the idea so it's no, fine I think it's fun. I think it is really fun and yeah i think it is something that would be worth considering it's unfortunately maybe worth a things, try i mean yeah. that's the thing with this with this film would, would when it does get turned into a play it's going to have such a massive budget behind it that's the only time you do have time yeah to t- yeah. take stock halfway through the rehearsal process and do a bit of r&d and say well let's see you know does it work i personally don't about th- with i this? mean i don't think that they even if this even if this was suggested to them and they thought about it i don't think that they partly a would have the balls to do it um I yeah think. yeah it, it's not yeah they they this is going to be when it is put on stage it's going to be the safest possible oh, staging of it. oh, it's yes. not gonna it's going to be less music than anything like it's gonna it's gonna be yeah <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a pit band so it's gonna so, be uh, yeah 100 percent. yeah i i i would not expect them to do anything like this at no, all um no it would be lavish but standard i think is probably a best a good way of describing it in the sense of like it yeah. will fit yes, all the absolutely that you think of but which is on an absolutely huge budget yeah, be there, yeah exactly it yes it would yes. be a tony awards performance um, you know yes like, yeah yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um yeah well let's bring ourselves back into the epilogue then and completely ignore <laughs> that little uh, tangent <laughs> um, uh, so yeah we have a couple of scenes leading up to the final number uh, that are just like, you know, we're seeing where they're at. You know, Mia is, she's a big time actress now. She's married. She has a kid. Um, we're seeing her go through sort of, you know, through the motions of her, her day. His name is other boring name, David. <laughs> did he Did he actually have a name? Was he David? I, I don't know if he actually gets it in the film, but it's in the credits. Oh, right. I don't know. Um, and then and we see Ryan Gosling sort of gearing up to like, you know, do a night at his club and, and that stuff. You know, that stuff's all like pretty standard stuff. And you can do that again in a split scene as well. But again, um, imagine casting someone just to be in the last three minutes of this thing. I guess they just can be in the Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess doing it on stage, the difference would be that he would be a member of the ensemble yeah. earlier on in yeah. the show. And then he would just come into that role then. And then we get that final number, which is, uh, I mean, it's stunning in the film, but I, I wonder how do we bring this onto the stage? And also, do we introduce lyrics into it? We've already got all the set is the first thing i'd say yes so i think it's easier than you think other yeah other than that weird stagey thing at the end which i didn't even understand what it was but there we but that, like the, the, the big stage thing at the end is a massive reference to singing in the rain in the sense of ah i see a, that's why i didn't huge... get it haven't seen singing in the rain so the singing in the rain has this big big dream sequence which is you gotta watch it jake it's, it's amazing it's, ridiculously <laughs> long. it's crazy long i remember seeing i'm 
It's something like yeah. 12 minutes uh, from what I remember. And like, yeah. there, there's, there isn't any plot development in it at all. It's just a dream sequence about him finding her. That's all it is. Um, but like, yeah, that, that's, what it's, that's what it's referring to. I think, I'm not sure you would include lyrics. Maybe you would in certain moments if you reference new songs. Um, yeah. I, I think it, but I don't, but like the, um, the, the end of act one, as we suggested with the, uh, the planetarium, there is something really nice about not having singing, about letting the music tell the story, letting the dance tell the story. Because, like, you do get that in music, yeah. but not as often, because often the singing is where obviously people place the emphasis of emotion because you could express it through yeah. words. But it, in some ways, you could suggest it might be even more powerful to do it without words. But, I, I, yeah, it, it'd be something yeah. to try out. But I, I think... Yeah. I, I think the epilogue's a great thing to do. Yeah, I think going, I think going without lyrics could be a, a good way to go with it. I think it would be breaking convention, which is an interesting thing to do on stage in, in that way. And I think, yeah, you're right, Jake, we do have all the sets. I guess my thing is, in the film, the sets that we see in this moment are, because we've seen real life places, and then we see these like big painted sets that look theatrical. Um so and I don't want to build all of the sets twice, I guess. But <laughs> I guess we just use all the sets again. Um, yeah, you can have but, removable yeah, feel... bits that you can add onto them if you want to modify them. That's especially if you've got that's a whole true. show to do it. You know. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think keeping the epilogue as close to how it is right now as possible would be great. Even up to the the bit where they sort of. Uh, they sit and watch like a film of them having a family. Yeah. I think we could even have them sit on stage and we could project that onto the back as well. That, that is one of the most uh, gorgeous moments of that, of that epilogue in the sense of like, it's so uh, yeah. heartbreaking. Like, to, like, you've just seen her with her actual kid, with her actual husband, and then you see this image of what could yes. with a different kid and a different husband. It's, it's, a, it's a great, great storytelling. Hmm. I think, yes. I, just, I think the epilogue, going back to something I said earlier, like the epilogue is a great example of where you could really include act musicians in how you tell stories. Yeah. In a sense of, because they put, um, there, there's that amazing moment with the trumpeter and he does this ridiculous oh, yeah. Yeah. and sort of the, um, the camera, the cinematography goes straight into the trumpet, like the, the bell of the trumpet and carries into the next scene. Amazing filmmaking. But I think like that is a really key to how act musicians are like, crucial in telling the story because you you actually get so much from that moment even if it's not necessarily about the story but it's like it's the whole emotion of that feeling of like the building of the music and then it carries on so i think putting yeah. the musicians on stage there really will just yeah. push forward that epilogue and just make it like an amazing like 10 minute visual thing i mean I think that's it, right? I think the whole thing has to be a visual feast for the audience. With, I mean, there are costume changes in this sequence. I think you could build in costume changes into it that are rapid. You could build in these huge moments of ensemble, like swarming the stage. And then there's even that intimate moment where we see the audition in silhouette. You could do that on stage as well. And I think it would just be this massive, like crazy, like, you know, this is like, the DSM is just like calling every <laughs> <laughs> split second. Like Jake, you would have a lovely time calling this, yeah. this yeah. Uh, sequence. No, I, I think that, that, that did remind me that in uh, in spring, there's a there's a montage where she wears literally seven different outfits in about thirty seconds. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, the, my 
I guess I, I do understand where you're coming from with this. I'm I just thinking as an audience member, it just isn't quite the payoff if that's the last thing with no even I I, I agree it would be a spectacle. But I'm thinking of like people don't like the Prince of Egypt. I haven't seen it. I, mean, I have, like I it. Did, I have seen it. <clears throat> um, oh, have you? Because uh, did you like it? So so yes, I did, but I didn't read any reviews before I went. And so I didn't. Okay. Can you explain to me what what this is? Well, I know what the principle. People say is, basically but... that it's a dance show and not a musical. Okay, that's basically what people. Because like the original so movie only has like four songs in it. Yeah, so so they wrote a load of new songs, and they they were pretty good songs, and there were some really nice moments. But the whole thing about Prince of like, the whole thing about this production was their staging. It was all about the staging yeah. of movement, and they like, obviously the Prince of Egypt ends with this ridiculous moment where he parts the Red Sea, and they all go through. Um, and then they close the Red Sea and the and the rest of the uh, the Egyptian soldiers drown. And they had this amazing... Yeah. Like, it was just ridiculous staging where the whole stage lifted and the soldiers fell into the band pit. Like, the whole thing... What? Just, it was, <laughs> like, watching it, you sat there with, like, a, just your... Like, my mouth just dropped open, like, what am I watching? But then, like... And, like personally, I think, bumped. like, oh, wow, that was amazing. Great staging. Yeah. It was kind of, like... Kind of meh, but you had this really nice bit of the, like the, the the final song of Prince of Egypt. I can't remember what it's called now, but like it's 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 pretty <laughs> like pretty stonking. It's 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 a big rousing, yeah. A big rousing yeah. So personally, I thought it was pretty yeah. good, but like a lot of people have reviewed it saying it was a lot of like wow factor, but no substance was kind of a, a, basically what people thought of it. The trouble with that is, you know, as a criticism is, th- I would say that this film is. A lot of wow factor and sometimes lacking in substance, <laughs> right. which is why it came into my head. Because what I'm thinking is, <laughs> I just think as an audience member, this massive yeah. dance piece at the end. I think it would be really visual to watch; it would be lovely. But when I come to a musical, the last thing I want to see and hear is someone shout, someone belting, and then a big button, and that's just what I'm expecting. And it doesn't. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you can break convention, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I want something that makes me stand up at the end and clap. And I think. I'm, and so what I was going to suggest is I would be willing to do this if then after the epilogue that we're talking about, in that bit when they, in the film, share that nod, which is very difficult to do on stage because you're not that close yeah. to them, we instead have that as a, even if it's just a very short, like, Dear Evan Hansen style ending number, if there's just some singing there at the end. Oh, it's just a hard disagree from me. I'm, yeah, no, and I, I, I completely I'm, understand I'm between that. you, as in I, I understand where you're, I, I understand where you're coming <laughs> from, Jake, and I recognise that part of what makes that moment so amazing is is the zoom on their faces and the way that it like um he counts in like the one two three four at the end of the band stop playing and it does that classic um the, the film ending where it zooms in and it's got just got that circle it's yeah really classic and amazing and the music swells up sound feel, feels like an amazing 50s hollywood movie but i mm. i see where you're coming from in terms of how staging that is a difficult thing because you can't get that that's that same element of they, they, they the smile that they share is so minimal but says so much on yeah. screen. I don't know how you'd quite. I I almost think potentially do they have a little couple of lines be- between each other. That's what I'm saying. You know, and yeah, maybe, and maybe those I, are some, I think and maybe, that's all maybe, I'm really maybe saying. Spoken. I think I. I think maybe yeah I I would I would be more willing to compromise on this. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, no, no I, I do but... understand your position Caleb completely because I it's not something I'm I'm like oh that would be really good. I'm saying I think it would be the way <laughs> to make yeah. it I think less offensive. Well, what I think a few lines between them would be great. And I think actually where he counts in the band 
in the film that then you know we that that sound fades out we don't hear the band play but actually in the stage show that could go straight into the bows um and the band could play the bows immediately then um so maybe having a few lines there to give us that real like conclusion yeah would be useful actually you would want a proper conclusion it wouldn't go straight into balance because i think what you're talking about jake in the sense of like you want a moment where you step were you saying you want a moment where you stand up and clap and applaud do you think you well i i'm saying i'm saying that's normally what happens but i I think i agree the way this film ends is with a moment of reflection for the audience they need a moment to take in what they've just seen i think i think what Um, i'm more thinking of like i don't know blood brothers or something yeah i know what you mean i think what it is is the epilogue would have the epilogue if the epilogue did not end really suddenly by switching back to the real life, I think mm. if, if there was the or the audience will feel going through to the end of the epilogue that, that by the end, because of the amazing visual things they've just seen on stage and all the emotion, they would want to get up and applaud straight away. But I think the fact that the epilogue would take them straight out of that like visual moment and back straight into emotion in this real moment where they're sort of, they see each other and and they're sort of like. The, the look between them says a lot about what they're feeling i think actually that provides the emotion that they need you, you you'd have a one big chord at the end but because you've still kind of almost got that energy that you've just had from all this big visual epilogue that you've just seen i think that's enough to carry it forward and make that emotion yeah. even more like even more important right at the end i think i think it would really make it like a like an incredible scene just to, to take yeah. it out of that so so suddenly maybe i think i've been convinced yeah yeah i think i've been convinced okay good yeah cool and that yeah and that makes for a great sort of curtain drop moment is her leaving the club after a moment shared together yeah um yeah it's all good stuff we we did it (laughs) we got got through what i think will be our longest ever episode will it really it possibly there was a lot to cover though and i think it's good because i think what we've done is we've taken the opportunity to say this is a i mean this is a film that realistically in terms of like actual sung musical numbers has maybe four or five yeah it's really small which you know with with a stage musical you should be looking at at least like 12 i mean you know at a minimum i would say if you include reprises and things you're, as well, you're, you're yes. looking at over 20. So, Oh, yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's really important to go through and see all of these opportunities for musical numbers that we could bring in with new music. And like you said, Josh, like with music that's breaking out of the, the musical constraints that the film has set itself uh, and, and finding exciting new yeah, ways of telling the story through music as absolutely, well. yeah. Yeah, because otherwise you do come to this and you think, oh, would you actually want to do this on set? Oh, yeah, it's music, but like, yeah, yeah and that is that was what I was thinking. Was watching it, I was, I was concerned. It follows all of those classic. There, there are so so many musicals about music and film and the arts, and it just it yeah. yes it fits all of those conventions. Um, and in in some sense, it's kind of a homage to all of those conventions. I think that would be the yeah. key thing. Yes, is all of the ref- all of the references it makes just by just by being itself i think if you properly went through all those references it would make like yeah, ridic- yeah just a, a, a crazy show 
yes yeah yeah, yeah. to be honest i I do i do hate that trope of like 60s musical theater and film and whatever where just this i don't know this 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 trope of making art about making art (laughs) yeah think of something else (laughs) like and it's well because singing in the rain is uh, is a about making art as well you you've definitely got to watch it jake this is such a you are missing out so much but that's all about the transition from silent films to talkies to you know right bringing sound into film and it it tells that story through a musical which is great um but but again it it does it does exactly the same thing that the singing in the rain original yeah has about four or five songs like yeah it is only i was surprised when i watched it yeah yeah but then when it was brought onto stage did did they add more they had had not actually seen the stage Um, show yeah yeah it's exactly the same thing i think generally obviously films because they're shorter have have less yeah. musical numbers in so even when even when a yes. show gets taken from musical to film they'll take out numbers so it, like, it, it fits all that yeah. Stuff, but yeah taking a film to a musical you have to add so much in especially in the original like, la, la, la. yeah 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 yes yeah. Yeah. I mean, even yeah i'm thinking even even oliver which was supposed to be the 60s one was supposed to be like literally a almost a recording of a stage play almost. Yeah. even that yeah cut, i think four yeah numbers. yeah yeah okay cool um just yeah one last thing i, I mean are, are we agreed that perhaps ryan gosling's character we should cast a black actor I for that very much so, very much so. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I feel like it, it needs to be mentioned um well, that's where it is isn't it because there's, there's literally no reason they don't there's no whiteness to him no. other than apart uh, just apart from that this is it ends up being a very white film and i just yeah. like it just feels like why why would you not cast a black actor for that? Especially, I think if we're bringing to stage, there's an opportunity to cast, you know, relatively unknown young actors yeah. as well. Um, and so, to bring in a black actor in that role would be a great thing to do. And uh, uh, just <laughs> it's such an obvious choice that was yeah. missed in the film. And that's what grinds my gears is because it is a film about being a young actor who's trying to make it, and there is just no one introduced in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just so I think against its own message. Yeah, exactly. I think the suggestion is as well, like I think the point, the reason they cast a little bit older was because they wanted to it to be like, look like people that had been through the system a bit and were yet to find any success. Yeah, but it would have been nice to find some unknown actors that are in their late 20s because I'm sure there are some. Like (laughs) it's it's just, yeah, it, it does. You're completely right, Jake. It does feel like it's kind of missing its own point yeah, in that sense um just to get some recognizable names on screen um but yeah so definitely it, i just yeah we don't often talk about casting but i think it is important to note that there are conversations to be had about casting i think any other casting for this show is like it's, it's, it's the sort of thing of anyone and everyone because i think the the way that you've got to represent the acting world and the way you've got to represent la is completely is this amazing diverse like just, yeah. just plethora of people I think that'd be the best yeah. way to get a proper. Like yeah, yeah, just... yeah. Whereas, whereas this film is like white people with people of of other ethnicities in the background. Yes. But that is how. Yeah, it yes. Is. Um, yeah. Of course. Yeah, I would love to be able to flip that <laughs> for, for the <laughs> yeah, stage show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Let's wrap it up there because we are. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Josh, what are you up to at the moment? You um, you've got all sorts of stuff. Yeah, going. I have. Um, I yeah, currently doing. Masters in Musical Direction at Mountview. Um, I've got we're doing we're doing a show that's on next week, and uh, you can view it online. Um, get your tickets from mountview.org.uk from the week after, and it's completely free to watch online, which is really good. Uh, see some really good 
talent from third year actors at Mount View. So I would highly recommend going and doing that. It's a um, and um, we'll link that yeah, in the it's, description. It's a, show, it's a compilation show about New York, but with complete with complete COVID safety measures, all of that stuff going on. It's been it's been a, it's been a tricky one to 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 help get together, but yeah, it's quite amazing what they've managed to pull off, especially in this sort of sort of time. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's currently what I'm doing. And if, if people wanted to find you online, uh, is there somewhere they could contact you? Yep, yeah, um, my Instagram and Twitter are both Josh underscore Cattell underscore. That is my both my Twitter and my Instagram. And tell us how many T's and L's are in all those names. Oh, two T's, two L's. <laughs> there Josh. we go. Lovely. C O double T E double L. Classic. Perfect. I, mean, I, say that, I, say, I say that so often. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Caleb. What, oh, do you whoa, have any oh, more yeah, questions? I was going to ask you. No, I was just going to ask no, you. Where no, I'm going to ask you like... first, Caleb. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Caleb. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and letterboxd at Caleb Lebster, C A L E B L E B S T E R. I'm still plugging our second podcast added to our, our growing uh, Maybe You Like It network. Uh, do try this at home, which just started this week. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, if, if you're interested in this, but just rewriting movies instead of putting them on stage. Uh, Jake, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jake Reesh. That's J-A-K-E-R-E-E-S-H. And we are Maybe You Like It Productions and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Maybe You Like It with the text speak you. Or you can find us on Facebook at Maybe You Like It Productions. That's with the word you. Or you can visit our website at www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk or drop us an email with any of your comments on what we've come up with today at info at maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. And we really would love to hear from you. And we would also like to hear from you on our review sections of your various podcasting platforms. You can rate us and leave us a review and tell your friends about us because we'd love to have new people listen to us for an hour and a half. Bloody hell, no, it's going to be it's going to be less than that. Um, I'll cut it down. Um, <laughs> um, and we'd also love to thank Kevana Crossley for the wonderful theme music you should be able to hear right now. Um, and other than and that, thank Josh for coming on. We would love to much. thank Josh for coming. Thank you so much, and we'll we'll have you back for Whiplash or something. Just every time we do anything to do with jazz, we'll do it like that. No, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Josh. Thank you so much, Cheers. Caleb. Thank you, everyone else. And maybe you like that. Maybe you didn't. Woo. Thank you very much. That was a maybe you like it production. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't.
That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't.